What's poppin', guys? Welcome back to What's Poppin' with Chloe. Wow, I deadass have not recorded one of these since November of 2022. What a shame, Chloe. And you know what? I don't really know why. I think... So, when I last recorded that podcast. Um, I don't know. I was in this crazy headspace. Like I didn't know what was coming next for me. I just didn't feel inspired and I just didn't know what the heck was going to be happening with my life. I was extremely unhappy where I was. And you know, for me, I may have talked about it and this could possibly relate to today's subject of interest, but I deal with situational depression. So I'm not clinically depressed. I have situational depression, which kind of in layman's terms, just I'm when I'm good, when life's good, things are going how they need to go. I'm on a good schedule. Not too many bad things are coming my way. I'm happy, you know, like I'm good. I'm loving life. I love my family. I love my friends. I'm happy. But once I have one of those when it rains, it storms moments in my life, and I have those a lot, um, I become depressed. And it's hard for me to talk to anybody. It's hard for me to text anybody back. It's hard for me to really leave my house. Um, it's just hard for me to communicate and keep up with any relationship because I'm so in a shell, guys. And I'm not just out ignoring your text for fun. Like, I'm in my bed in a shell the thought of getting a text gives me major anxiety during those points, and it has just been a lot. And so during that time, after that podcast I recorded in November, I have just truly been getting my life together. I have made some massive changes, and I have discovered some massive things about myself. And today we're not doing a recap, sadly, about where I've been, what I've been doing. I may throw in a little Easter eggs, but I really want to take the time to really just give a catch-up episode next. Because to be honest, guys, since November, I've literally been around the world and back. I literally, like I went on a whole out of country excursion, solo travel excursion and had the time of my life in Europe. And I have just seen amazing things since November and I have made some amazing memories and I have just, I've been all over guys. I, I just got back from um, the Bay area in California from meeting my brand new nephew. So life has just been insane and good. And there's a lot of good things coming up. You know, I, oh gosh, every month or something, you know, I just got back from California and I am soon going to Pittsburgh to see my man. And then I'm going to be going, where's after that? I got to count. Okay. Then I'm meeting my family in Newport Beach in California, and we're going to have a family vacation in California on Newport Beach, and we're going to go to Catalina Island and just live, laugh, love with our new addition to the family, Solomon James Barano. I love you to death. He's the cutest little boy ever in Laking. My brother Gettings and my sister Laking are doing a great 
job of being parents. I'm so proud of them. It was so cool to see them transition into parenthood. I'm telling you, like, Lakin is my sister. Like, I love her. Like, she is my sister. But I obviously haven't known her as long as Getting. As Getting has been my brother my whole life. So for me to specifically see him switch into this role of fatherhood, one, it made me very emotional because I can't believe we're even here. Me and Gettings are only one grade year apart in school. So this is like iconic for us. Like this, it's like, I feel like we look at each other like, can you believe you're doing this right now? Like you're a father. (laughs) It's, it's nuts, but it's beautiful. And he's handling it. He's handling it beautifully. And me and him were actually alone. My mom and Lakin went to run an errand and I just told him, you know, you are a great father. Like seeing you get up and not complain. There are going to be days when he complains, obviously guys, but this was like the first two weeks of Solomon's life. Like getting just really and Lakin, but I'm just specifically talking about Gettings because I didn't know how it was going to go because he didn't have the, the joy of having Solomon in his stomach (laughs) and I'm like, and it already felt so close to him. You know, it seemed because she carried him for nine months, but Gettings didn't really know what to do, expect. And he is handling it like an absolute pro and a champ. And he is just in love with that baby. And you can tell, and he's in love with his wife, Lincoln and they are doing so amazing. First time parents, I give them an A plus. Like they love him so much and he is just going to be such a phenomenal child and adult one day because he has the best parents and you can tell they just want the best for him and that is going to carry on for the rest of his life. So I love that. I love all of them and I love that baby boy. Another one for Aunt Coco to spoil. Yeehaw. Anyway, so I went to California to, oh, what was I saying? Okay, we're going on a family trip (laughs) to Newport Beach. And then coming home, then I'm going to New York City to celebrate somebody's birthday for a weekend, somebody special's birthday for the weekend. We're going to spend a nice little weekend in the city. And then I come home and then we have another family trip in July. We're going to all go down to the land of our beach house where we grew up we had a beach house and it is very sacred to our family we go to cherry grove beach all the time it is our place it is where i played in the sand as a child in my diapers all the way up to now i still play in the sand with my diaper (laughs) but now we get to see like my siblings kids play in the sand in the ocean and that's what we were doing growing up it's really cool and luckily we're all getting to go and I'm getting to bring somebody special to really just get to spend time with my family. And we're all just going to be in one big old house together on the beach and it's going to make for some really fun memories. And I'm going to make sure to bring my vlog camera and really try to make like family memories. I I don't want to really do it for YouTube anymore. I kind of want to utilize this camera I have just for our family's personal time capsules because growing up my grandparents had boxes and boxes of cassette tapes of them videoing us at Christmas and you know award shows whatever and they kept them and I just 
I don't know. Like, I want that for us. And I know it looks a little different. It's going to be on a really a lot nicer camera, but I just want that for us. I want us to remember and cherish, the, cherish these memories forever because I'm not going to lie. I got a little shockwave earlier. I went online, which I have not been doing a lot of lately. A lot of scrolling I have not been doing. I have been switching that out for reading books I've never been a books girl, but I was like, you know what? I need something else to get me away from the social media and the TikTok and the scrolling because that does nothing good for me at all. So I switched it for books. I joined a book club. Um, I'm also doing a lot of reading on my own and I have learned to love reading. It's the one thing that can truly get me out of my head. Truly, it gets me out of my head. I'm in a whole different world. It's like silence around me. It's beautiful. So if you think you don't like reading and you've, you've convinced yourself of that, like I did for so many years, try again, find a book, find an author that really interests you and just try again. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, I did get on social media for her a second tonight. I didn't even expect to see this, but I saw a girl that I grew up with in school, her mother recently passed away like a couple days ago. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I'm not, I called my mom and I was very upset. Um, because the girl I grew up with, I mean, she's obviously my age. She was in my grade. We're too young to be dealing with the death of our mothers. Like I can't even imagine what she's going through. And it really, you know what that does for me though. And I hope she can, understand that her posting that is really great to be honest because for me what that did was send a huge reality check to my to my everything it made me realize like chloe you are so lucky look at it as a blessing that you still have both of your parents in your life look at it as a blessing not that not just something that is there that Oh, like, no, I deserve that. No, like you, life is short. Your parents can get taken from you any day, any family member can. And that reading that post and seeing her post about how much she misses her mom and how she was saying, just really appreciate your loved ones. And you know what? I am because of that. And sometimes we just get so comfortable and we just think that what we have is, you know, what we we've earned and it's just there to have, but it can be taken any second, any second. And I don't want to miss out on any of these moments and all these trips that my family is very blessed to go on together. That is the one thing my family really takes pride in is making sure we have these family trips that we can bond on. We can come from all over. I mean, shit, my sister lives in Florida. My brother lives in California. Um, my parents live in a different part of South Carolina. My grandpa lives in the beach. Like, but yet we always make it a point to come all together and meet at a meeting point and do these family functions, these family events and weeks and just be together. And I really want us to be present when we're together, not thinking about work, not thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow, not thinking about what we're going to do when we get home, not thinking about the next trip. We tend to do that. And that is something that I talked to a couple of my family members about. And I was like, let's not do that because I'm guilty of it. And I was like, let's really try to stay in the present and realize this could be the last trip we have together. Who knows? But we're so blessed enough to 
be able to do this. So let's take full advantage of that and love on each other and be happy and grateful that we have another day together. And I know that sounds such like a maybe corny cliche rant, but after seeing that poor old friend of mine that I used to have growing up, seeing her grieving her mother right now, I just, I think what she wanted people to take from that was do not take the shit for granted seriously and it slapped me upside the head and I called my mom and our text my mom was like I love you you know I just you never know guys and it could be you one day that deals with cancer I don't know none of us are immune but just don't live life with regret that you weren't present in the moments of your family and friends and loved ones just really really try to say that say that to yourself when you're together I I think my brother gave me that advice one time he said Chloe, when I was going through a breakup, I was like, I need anything I need. I was so down. I was so sad. I was like, Gettings, I need advice, like real, true advice. Like I was, I was grasping for straws, guys. I needed anything. Like just, I was on a three-way call. Never forget it with my mom and my brother. I was like, please just like, give me advice to get me through because I feel like I'm not going to get through this. And it feels like this is absolute hell. And I really need you guys to give me something that I can hold on to real advice, not just the, you're going to be fine. You'll find somebody better, blah, blah. Like, yeah, all those things may be true, but I needed something different. And I think my brother like really understood what I was saying. Cause he took a moment. He's not one to just, spout out whatever when he says something he means it and he took a minute and he thought about it and he just said the one thing that advice I could give you Chloe is to just be present and I was like okay I was like what do you mean and he was like just be present he was like when you are going out to like at that time I was just like hanging out with friends or I was spending time with the family or I was going to church events he's like during those moments open your eyes and don't constantly be focusing about the negative of your breakup because I do that because this is going to go into what I'm about to talk about with my OCD so I do that I have looping thoughts it's all I can think about in my head and he's like Chloe just turn it off and be present about where you are and what you're doing and take it in and enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, this breakup is not going to matter. You know, it's what needed to happen and don't let it suck up all your energy and not allow you to open your eyes and see what's in front of you. And what's in front of you is people who support you and love you. What's in front of you are these experiences that you're taking. Like I was going to Los Angeles and I was going to New York to heal from this breakup. And he was like, open your eyes, take it all in because that is beautiful blessings that you're even able to go do that. So be present. He just kept saying it, be present. And at first I kind of hung up and was like, God, like, you know, I wanted something a little bit more because I'm the type of person where I need a yes or no answer. I need something that I'm in the moment. I need to know what's going to happen. Am I going to heal from this? How long is it going to take? I want all of those answers so badly because it deals with my OCD. And, but 
that advice of be present has stuck with me over the years. And I'm telling you, it's if, if you really think in depth about it in the moment and really put it to use, it's the best advice ever. So shout out to Gettings. Okay, so I've been kind of Easter egging what we're talking about. But so one of the main things we'll get back, you know, I'll do another episode where I talk about all these adventures I've been on because wow, guys, it's it's been nuts in the best way. And I'm also going into a career transformation, which is so exciting. I can't wait to tell you what it is. But in the meantime, I have been dealing with a diagnosis that I was given that was kind of one of those moments where it was like a light bulb went off. Fireworks even. I was like, hallelujah. Because I have been dealing with just the symptoms of this specifically for I feel like my whole life and the more that I've talked to my parents about it and the more that I've talked to my psychologist it the more that I talked to my therapist and my psychiatrist about it the more it has just like really just been like oh my gosh it's been there my whole life and we had no idea even my mom was like wow like I had no idea that's what that was because I'll just say it I have been diagnosed with OCD and before we get it twisted sadly nowadays OCD is something that people glamorize on the internet, people love to think it's cool and quirky to say, yeah, I have OCD. Like, my stuff has to be so clean. And, like, I don't know. Or, oh, my God, I have OCD. Like, I just always have to just check to make sure my hot iron's off, like, once before I leave the house. Guys, no. That is so – I'm sorry. And I know I probably had said that in the past, like, little things like that when I didn't know I had it. But – to someone who actually deals and knows of people who also deal with debilitating OCD, that is very hurtful to just claim that and kind of make it into something that's like glamorized on the internet. It's not cute. It's not fun. It's not quirky. It doesn't make you different. I mean, it does, but not in a cool way. It's it's debilitating, to be honest. And so it's a little frustrating that it's something that people just throw out so quickly. And I just want to say that because maybe if you're listening to this and you are one of those people that may do that, you know, just think about it next time before you do. Just think, you know, you could be talking to somebody like people have said it to me, like in front of me all the time. And I just don't really say anything because I don't feel like I constantly need to be like schooling people on everything in real life. But it does kind of like hurt my feelings a little bit. I'm like, dang, like don't glamorize it like that. It's not funny and it's not cute. And that's not what you have by the way you're speaking. So anyway, just think twice. Um, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit about my journey of how I found out that I have been diagnosed with OCD because it is something that I would have never guessed. I also had it in my mind, the preconceived, like I just thought it's, you know, someone who 
really felt like they had to clean all the time or wash their hands all the time or flip the light switch 15 times, come back, do it again. And yes, those are all different types of OCD. You know, there's there's different categories. And so it's not all just like one thing lumped together. And that's something that I didn't know. So I don't blame anybody for not knowing that. I'm the one, I have OCD and I had no idea. But how we came to figure out my diagnosis was I was talking to my therapist and for a long time and she'd kind of look at me and then she would take her notes. And then we, I finally come in one day and she's like, okay, Chloe, like, I'm just going to say, all these things and all these times you've come in and all these talks and you keep reverting back to things that I thought that we've maybe already established and like maybe had work to get through and get over and you learned all the tactics, you've been using the tactics, tactics, which you just can't seem to get over that specific event that happened two years ago. That's an example. Or that specific conversation you had with this person that really, really hurt you. Chloe, that happened three years ago, and we've been really working to heal from that and move on from that, but yet it's still a reoccurring topic that you bring up after three years. And she's like, so, from a therapist, I can't diagnose you with something, but... I can draw conclusions and I can refer you to go see a psychiatrist to make sure we get you the the correct diagnosis and we'll work together and figure out what's going on. So I was like, huh. So because she couldn't say like, I think you have OCD. Like that's not being a good therapist. They can't diagnose you like that. So I, I went home and I was like thinking, I was like, whoa, you know, I do that. I really, really constantly think about things that just have no, have no right to still be being replayed in my head every day. Like things that happened years ago, things that the average person would have healed from six months after. I'm still thinking about them three years later. It's really I don't know. And I didn't notice that was bad. I didn't realize I was different for that. You know what I mean? Because it's what I've dealt with my whole life is these looping thoughts and these obsessions over incidences or obsessions over breakups or, and it's like, for instance, with the obsessions with the breakups, it's it's in no way me wanting to get back with a person after the breakup. It's just the obsession of rethinking everything that happened and all the wrongs that were done to me. And I can't stop thinking about it. And I can't stop being hurt about it. Or I can't stop looping it in my head thinking of how I could have handled it differently and how I could have stood up for myself more. It's that type of thing. And it's like, girl, just get over it. It doesn't matter anymore. And I wish it was that simple. And I can even say that to myself, but it just, it, it doesn't work like that. You know, I really wish I could just listen to my own advice and just get over it, but <laughs> it just doesn't. So anyway, I worked with a psychiatrist and turns out I definitely do have OCD. 
And there are, from what I've learned, there are four, t- from what I've learned and what I've remembered, I may, you know, mess up a couple times, but I'm going to do my best. Um, there are four types of OCD. So there's the contamination and the washing portion where that's where you see people who wash their hands a lot or just like things being dirty. They don't do it. You know what I mean? And I actually know somebody who does suffer with that very severely and they can barely even leave their room. So it's that severe. So it's not cute. It's not quirky. It's very debilitating. So that's one form of OCD. Um, a second would be doubt and checking. So you just always have to ask like, for instance, like, um, if you are doubting something that you're eating on the plate and you always have to ask, like, am I going to die for this? Am I going to die if I eat this? Am I going to die if I eat this? Like you always have to check, 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 check. Like if you have an impulse of a thought in your head, uh, you have got to verbalize it and ask somebody and check, you know what I mean? Or even like look online, you've got to find out. Um, I don't have those two. So I'm kind of like trying my best. I haven't done too much research on the ones I don't have, but I'm just trying my best here. The other one is going to be the ordering and rearranging, which kind of speaks for itself, like keep things in order and rearranging stuff constantly. Um, and drum roll, please. Mine is going to be the unex- unacceptable and taboo thoughts. Yes, that's where I lie under in my OCD. That is my OCD of choice that I have dealt with since I was a little gal and my parents had no idea because when you think of OCD, you think of only two things. So it's just, it's not their fault at all. I had no idea either until this is all kind of coming together. So the way my brain works is I get stuck on a loop of wrongness. Um, we use the word loop a lot. Um, and getting stuck on a loop of wrongness that prevents you from stopping thoughts that you know you shouldn't have. So we, like I said, we use the word loop a lot when we talk about my brain specifically when I'm in therapy and I get stuck on a loop like no one's business. It's like my brain is like constantly looping around to situations that happened years ago. Constantly. I'm constantly like, I'll think about something else in, in the present day, but then I'll loop on back to that situation and I'll be like, just think about it in my head constantly. And it lives rent free in my head. Just things that I need to be able to just move on from. Yes, it's normal to have like old traumatizing or events or whatever pop up in your head every now and again, but not every day, girlfriend. That's when it's a problem. And that's when I realized it was a problem. It's, it's intrusive thoughts on loop. I have really bad intrusive thoughts. They come out of nowhere. They come hot and heavy. They, I'll just be laying in my bed and all of a sudden I'll get an intrusive thought about like in my relationship, I got cheated on in one of my relationships. And then But I'm dating. I haven't dated that guy in three years. Okay. So, but now I'm laying in my bed present day and I'm sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden in my head, I get on loop about the time that guy cheated on me and then I start taking it out on my current boyfriend. So it's very unhealthy and 
it's like I can't help it. You know, this is what I'm in therapy for and seeing a psychiatrist for to learn how to maintain and fix these looping thoughts because I don't want to be stuck in my own brain anymore. And it's become very debilitating for me. At first, it was more of when I was younger, it was more of with my mom. I always needed the answer to everything. Like if I was going through a hard time or like a medical emergency or something, I'd be like, mom, mom, like, am I going to be okay? Yes or no? Is this going to be okay? Yes or no? Like it was a different form of OCD kind of like creeping over, but I always needed to know like, yes or no. And I drive my mom crazy, but she had no idea. Like I couldn't help it. Like I felt like my world was ending unless my mom could give me yes or no answers to every single thing thing in the world, things that she would have no capability of being able to tell me a yes or no answer for, but I would beg her for them, beg her for answers, beg her to tell me if my boyfriend was probably out cheating on me or not. And how would my mom know that? But I was just so desperate to get that yes or no and to get that looping thought out of my head and get rest because what it does is all of these thoughts keep me from getting good sleep. They keep me from being a good partner. They keep me from being a good daughter, a good friend. Like they debilitate me to where I just would rather lay in bed and sleep because the only time I'm not dealing with looping thoughts is when I'm sleeping, when I can have, when I can finally get to sleep. And I've had to be medicated for that. I'd, I've had to be put on sleeping medication for that. And it all kind of makes sense now. Like I said, the light bulb went off. Um, so yeah, it's called like rumination within OCD is what I deal with. Um, and I have an obsessive compulsion loop fixation. So I just, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with these looping thoughts. I'm obsessed with thinking about the past. I'm obsessed with thinking about things that hurt me in the past. I'm obsessed with it. And it's really debilitating, debilitating to me. Um, but it has been, I've really been trying to do this without, without being put on medication, but we've been working really hard with it. And it seems to be, uh, this sounds really crazy, but it seems to be kind of getting worse and it is now forming into different entities. Like now with my OCD, I'm starting to, when I start to get a looping thought, I start to break out in hives and my whole life, I've never dealt with any sort of physical response to my OCD. Um, and my psychiatrist said, if it's like left untreated and you let it just keep getting worse and worse, even though I'm in treatment for it, I'm guessing it's just not the right treatment that I need to be medicated for it is basically what he's hinting at. And I really didn't want to be put on medication for it. I really wanted to try to figure out, figure it out through therapy and just practice and whatever. But now my body is literally physically reacting to it. It's getting that bad. Um, that, And it's also made a turn of where, guys, I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain this correctly. Maybe like one of you will be able to understand what I'm saying. And I know it's going to sound crazy, but I'm just trying to be really vulnerable. So my newest obsession, obsessive compulsion is 
don't know how to say this. Okay, so I can just be laying in my bed and all of a sudden I will start getting like obsessive thoughts about having feet. And I will feel like I'll get it in my head that I don't like the feeling of feet on my body. And then I'll break out in hives and my feet will feel so uncomfortable in my body. Like they'll start hurting and I'll have to sit on the floor and put pressure on them and like squeeze them. Because if I could, like I wouldn't ever do this, but in my head, I want to literally chop my feet off. They feel so uncomfortable and so awkward and I hate the way they feel in my body. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me and I just hate my feet and I'll have to do put pressure on them because it's making me feel like I'm going to faint and then I break out in hives. Same thing has been happening with my mouth and I actually saw a girl. I've been doing a lot of research on all of this because I don't, I feel crazy. I'm not going to lie and I might get emotional. Um, It's been something gosh, Chloe, no, no, no. My OCD has been something that I really have like kept to myself, even from my family for a really long time, because I was kind of like confused by it. I was a little bit ashamed by it. I thought they would just kind of think that I was being dramatic Okay, let me get myself together. Okay, so for a long time, I mean, I've been dealing with this for like several years now. I didn't tell my family until like last year that it's something that I really struggle with, with being in my own head. Like, and it's not the typical, oh, you're getting in your head. It's like, no, I have literal looping thoughts that I can't stop. Like, it's awful. I don't wish it on anybody. Um... And I think a lot of the times, you know, maybe my family may just compare it to, you know, like, you're probably just being dramatic, Chloe, because I, like, I think it comes off as dramatic when I'm sobbing about my ex-partner from three years ago still. And it's like, you're just being dramatic, Chloe, like, get over it. And I get that they would feel that way because that's what I want to do. Like, it is ridiculous, but I can't help it. And I've had, like real doctors tell me like Chloe like you can't help it stop being so I would be so hard on myself in therapy and I'd be so hard on myself hard on myself and I would talk to my psychiatrist and they're like you can't do that because this isn't your fault and it's just your genetic makeup and we're gonna figure it out um but yeah like I just even having to recently tell my mom, I had to call my mom because I was having such a bad episode one night and it had to do with my mouth. And I hated the feeling of, I, I was just sitting there and all of a sudden I hated the way my tongue felt in my mouth. I was in, then I started thinking about your, how weird having a mouth is in general. It just doesn't feel right. Everywhere my tongue would sit in my mouth, it would make me feel like I wanted to crawl out of my skin. Like I wanted to rip off my mouth. And I know that sounds silly. And I know it sounds like so weird if you've never felt that. Like it's, it is weird. And that's why I don't like to really talk about it with people. Cause I feel like they're just like, what? You were such a freak. But I just hate the feeling of having a tongue and a mouth and it was so bad. Like I couldn't even 
where my friend was so sweet enough to hook me up with getting these kind of like Invisalign impression trays that I was supposed to be wearing and I couldn't even do it because my OCD was so bad that the feeling of my tongue against the the trays on my teeth like I felt like I was having like breakdowns about it daily like I couldn't do it and then I felt so terrible that I couldn't wear them because my friend had done all this work to get them for me and so I just got even more anxious about it it's just been awful but anyway I was having such a bad night with my OCD and I was all in hives I was sitting on the floor putting pressure on my feet and I was like trying to like not think about my mouth and not think about my teeth and I finally just like called my mom and just broke down to her about this whole situation and she saw me she was like Chloe like is it this bad and I was like yeah it is and she... sorry when I get upset I yawn I don't know why I think it's because I don't breathe when I get upset but she had no idea. She had no idea it was this bad. She thought it was just something I threw around. Like, I have OCD. She had no idea. And she was like, how long has it been like this? Because she saw, like, my hives and me just, like, you know, having an episode. And I was like, it's been like this for a while. And she was just so, like, I wish she would have told me. And then she was so quick to ask questions and try to figure out, you know, where this could have stemmed from. And then she started saying, okay, no, I remember when you were a child, you used to do this and like just affirming me. And it made me feel so much better because I felt like it was something that I had to hide and I was embarrassed of. And I thought they would think it was silly because uh, what? You don't want a mouth. You don't want feet. Like, yeah, it sounds so ridiculous and trivial, but like it's my reality and I hate it. And honestly, right now, talking about my feet, I'm looking down and I have my feet, like, clenched together because I'm thinking about my feet. And that's probably not a good thing, so I should probably change the subject before I break out in hives. But this is a bad thing, though. It's manifesting itself into physical symptoms. The hives, feeling physical pain in my feet feeling physical pain around my mouth and jaw and that's when my psychiatrist my psychiatrist said okay Chloe like I don't I hate to say this but I don't think what you're doing with the therapist and just talking it out is working I think you have something especially since this has been happening from an early age the fixation the compulsion thoughts like you know, I used to have a really bad health OCD too. Like I was so, when I was younger, I always thought I was dying. I always thought I was having a heart attack. My mom brought that up and she was like, you know, you need to tell them about that because I always thought I was, every time my heart would be a little bit different, my heartbeat, I'd be like, mom, I think I'm having a heart attack. When I was like seven, like, no, you're not. And so all of those things just like, they all relate, guys. They all relate. And if you deal with anything like that, just know OCD is in many different forms. It looks different in everybody. And just do your research and 
reach out to somebody if you deal with things like that because I didn't know that wasn't the normal way my brain was supposed to be working. So I just thought, you know, this just sucks. Like, life is just on a loop of repetitive hell. Like, I I just thought that's how I was supposed to be living my whole life. And it's not. So, anyway, it's kind of been embarrassing for me to come to terms with this diagnosis. I haven't talked about it a lot with really anybody. Um, And I think that's the difference with... Someone who jokes about having OCD, they just say it to anybody and everybody. And then someone who actually deals with it is a little more embarrassed about it because it, it it's hard. It's hard. And anyway, I think we've come to the consensus since it's become physically painful for me now that I'm going to have to start trying different medications to get my life just to be normal. And I'm really scared. I don't want to be put on medication for it. And I don't know if I am doing that thing where I'm overthinking and relating it to when I tried depression medication because depression medication had the absolute worst effect on me. It made me so suicidal and I've never been suicidal. It was awful. It was awful, awful. And I'm a little bit traumatized by that. It was the worst experience of my life. And I think I'm relating to getting put back on medication to that. And I'm being assured it's different. So, but I don't have any other options because he says if it goes untreated, it's going to get even worse and even worse to the point where I won't want to leave my home. And that's what really scares me because my biggest biggest like passion is is just flying traveling and we'll talk about that in the next episode but I'm even going into start work in the field of aviation like I cannot have this keep me confined to my home and that is really scary to me like that terrifies me that thought and I'm not gonna lie it's kind of is progressing that way because even last year I was so like out and about and I would go out to eat alone a lot I go to the movies alone a lot I don't remember the last time I've done that I'm way much more of a homebody and I've never been like that so I'm scared it is slowly turning into that and we just gotta stop it while we're while we're here and just progress instead of regress. So I'm sorry I'm so emotional. I've never talked about it in this step to anybody except for the professionals and my mom. Um, it's confusing. It looks different for everybody. There's no right or wrong way to have it. <laughs> it just is what it is. And I, I never knew... But it's so crazy whenever you see a professional and you finally connect the dots, even coming from as young as seven years old of like, whoa, like this is what all these things meant. And this is what my brain was doing. It really is a good feeling to finally recognize what is going on. I'm telling you, that is an amazing thing. And I'm so grateful for that. But um, I'm just ready to get it taken care of because... I don't want to feel held back by it anymore, mentally or physically. Um, 
because along with OCD does come anxiety and depression and that's just normal and I have been an anxious wreck lately. Um, yeah, I've been an anxious wreck lately, worse than it's ever been. And that's not naturally who I am. And I'm, I just want to get out of all of that. I want to be set free from it. If that has to be with a medication, I'm willing to try it, but yeah, that's my experience so far with OCD. And please just know, like, if you're dealing with anything has to do with mental health. Like, don't be ashamed to talk to somebody like I was. I was very ashamed to tell. I don't even know why to tell my family. Like, I, I don't know why I thought that they would just think I was, like, lying. Or, I don't know. I don't know. But it's better to be open about it. Because then they're more understanding of what might be going on when you're together. Like at Christmas, I was, instead of sitting down and enjoying everybody, I was zooming around the house with the vacuum. And in that moment, I didn't need to be doing that. The house wasn't a huge wreck. It was just my looping thoughts of I need to get this house clean. And, you know, I do have part of that OCD where, like, I really, really obsess over there not being cat hair anymore to the point where it, it's, like, debilitating to me. I, I had to ask my boyfriend to literally clean up his dog hair from the bathroom before I came to visit one time. And I felt like such a jerk for that. I felt like such an entitled jerk. But he understood because I had communicated with him that it had nothing to do with him. It was my OCD. And so he understood and like did it for me. And that is like so sweet. And at Christmas when I was zooming around with the vacuums, I'd already had a conversation with my family. Like just ignore me. Let me do my thing. I know it's going to get dirty five minutes later. Just let me do my thing. And they did. And they didn't say anything about it. And they just knew what was going on. So the more you communicate with your partner, your family, your friends about how you're feeling mentally and what you're going through, the better it's going to be, the better outcome, the easier transition of just being around each other. And I know if someone came up to me and my family was like, hey, you know, I'm like, for instance, I'm really sensitive to noise or, you know, so if we're at a family function and I need some time, just like understand that, that I'm going to walk away, then I'd be so aware of that and not question it. So it's just so great to have open communication. And my therapist is teaching me that too, just to have, this was actually homework she gave me was to talk about this. So I, <laughs> I'm going to tell her that I actually made a podcast about it and not just talk to one person about it, which I did, but I actually made a podcast about it so that she's going to be proud of me, I hope. But yeah, so I love you guys. Thanks for listening to this rant. I know this was super random and a weird way to come back, but it's been heavy on my heart. It's been something that's been really holding me back from a lot lately and been really just a struggle. But there is hope and yeah. We're going to get through it and we're just going to keep on keeping on. And next episode, I will make sure to come at you with all the bells and whistles of what I've been getting into, where I've been, just 
funny stories of my solo trip to Europe because boy, do I have them. So funny. <laughs> but other than that, life's been good. Can't complain. And I just want to say thank you guys for listening. I love you so, so much. I've missed you. And thanks for listening. And thanks for giving me a space to be vulnerable in a space that I can do my um, therapy homework on. That is so kind of you guys. <laughs> and if you have any questions, like seriously, any questions, you think you may be feeling some of these these symptoms or just anything about mental health, I can be the person that you can vent to because I've been through a lot with my mental health. I still am. And I'm sure we can relate on a lot and we can just talk through it and I can just support you because everybody needs support. Trust me. I can't guarantee all the time I'll be a fast responder through text because I have a really hard time with that. But if you call me and just bear with me because sometimes when I'm having my episodes, it's really hard for me to communicate, but I will call you back. Um, I'm good. I'm doing the best I can. So just know that I'm here for you and I love you and you can do this and always just be brave. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.